it's good to see you guys. Today is our anniversary, so we just got a lot to celebrate about, a lot to um, be excited about. And so here's how I wanted to open up this message. I'm going to just be sharing from my heart today, but I just want us to take a, a couple of moments just to to celebrate all, all that God's doing. And, and I have not planned what's about to happen, so I need a little crowd participation here. Um, but I, I want to give just a little bit of an open mic real quick. Um, I need to make it kind of brief and, and, and hit some, some snapshots. But I, I want to provide an opportunity for, for some of you guys just to share what God's done in your life. Some of you have been attending here for four years, some for four months, some for four weeks. Some, some of you probably in the room, this is your first day. And you're all a part of the family. You're all part of the, the story that God is um, unfolding here at Fathom. And I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of give us the snapshot of what God's been doing, maybe over the past four years, maybe in the past four weeks. Just want to give you an opportunity. And so I, I need you to say, I'm not going to be shy, right? And so uh, I need some of you just to step up and share, and I'll be a, like a self-runner here. So who wants to go first and break the ice? Beautiful. <laughs> Had to get an extrovert. I'll, I'll just do it right there. You know, let's try to keep it brief so we can get a few people sharing this morning. Be well, I have gone here for four years. Um, it's been awesome. I love them. I love Fathom. I was baptized here. Woo. I got married here. I found Jesus here. <laughs> and um, this was my first, like, complete fast also, and it was the most beautiful spiritual journey of my life. Wow. I've met my best friends here. And I also brought my mom to Jesus here, so at least she's working on it. <laughs> oh, love you, mommy. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, let's celebrate that. That's amazing. Awesome. One of the really cool things about what I get to do is watching God just completely transform people. Like, he just does it, and I can go across this room and, and look, and it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with what God's doing. And I can look. I'm like, you're a different human being than I met four months ago, four years ago. You're just different. God is, has totally just transformed. So who else? Who wants to share? So God, maybe a snapshot. Wonderful. This is Kimmy Coleman. Kimmy Coleman. Kimmy Coleman. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I think we've been here three years. Yeah. And um, came here just really broken um, and just a mess of a person and longing for family and just, I don't know, been hurt by the church the traditional church or whatever. So I found family here and found lots of young ones to love on and to just be mama to and received a lot of love and a lot of healing and um, just a lot of affirmation from the Lord and from everyone here in my calling. So mm. anyway, you all are wonderful. You're awesome. You're beautiful people. And I'm just honored to walk life with you here at Fathom. Awesome. Let's give it up. Give it up. Kim is our, our missions uh, coordinator, missions director, and she's going to be leading a team this summer. We'll be announcing it next week, the dates on it, but we're going on a mission trip this summer, and it's going to be very affordable, so you're going to be excited about it, okay? Uh, anybody, I'm telling you, you're going to be excited about it. Um, who else? Maybe one or two more? Anybody? Wonderful. Well, it's, uh, it's so good to have you here today. <laughs> Come on, stand up, stand up. Show everybody that beautiful smile. Well, um, I've been here probably more than four months. Yeah. But um, I'm just happy to be here and just happy to meet a new family. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know that I love them. Do 
you mind if I share how I, I, I met you? Is that okay? Um, we, had, we were at a funeral for Taryn's grandfather, and um, her cousin said, hey, I think it was, right, it was right before that, actually. It was right before we went over there, and she said, hey, I don't know what you guys have going on, but there's a family that's trying to get settled in, in Jacksonville, and the struggle's real. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, anytime when you're moving, it's just the struggle is real, and uh, they were just in, in that place and, and just needed needed God to show up, really, and uh, it's been a fight, but this girl's been hanging on and showing up every day, so I'm, we, we're loving you, girl, and we're so thankful you're here, so let's celebrate what God's doing there. Thank you for just wrapping your arms around this family, just I know on behalf, that's what you're expressing, so anybody else, one more? Beautiful. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hey, I, I, won't, I won't slow down the good stuff. This is Kristen, everybody. here for the launch day and um, my friend Jamie had invited me from another church and um, this has just been such an amazing like family to be encouraged and um, to walk with and find community and um, just feel blessed to be back. I, I moved away for about two and a half years so I'm really excited to be back and reconnect. Amen. Amen. It's such a cool thing to just watch God move. I, I was texting somebody yesterday. I'm like, four years. I can't believe it's been four years. Time flies when you're having fun. All right, Chelsea, last one. And then. Um. Hi. Um, <laughs> so um, I, we first came here because my, um, I'm from Valdosta where Kyle and Taryn used to live. And I reconnected with my godparents a few years ago, who I hadn't seen in eight, nine years, um, in a really long time, and when I was there, they told me about a couple from their church in Valdosta who had moved to Jacksonville to start their own church, and they said, if you're looking for a church, you should go there, and, um, and we had just started dating, so I was like, hey, do you want to come to church with me, and he's like, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> um, but from the minute we came in, it was just so warm and welcoming and, um, and comfortable. And I think what we've always um, really appreciated about the way you um, pastor us and lead us is because, um, because you're not preaching at us and you're, you're teaching us and you're talking to us and you're personal. And I think that's really important. Um, because for a lot of people that grow up in the church where it feels very different and it feels very condemning, um, and once you come to know Jesus in the right way, you know it's just not like that, mm -hmm. that it's, it's all love, and, and those feelings are not of him, and that's really nice to know, and he definitely helped us yeah. um, learn that. Awesome, awesome. Give it up for Chelsea. There is no... There is no condemnation in Christ. If you're feeling condemnation, it's not coming from God. Romans chapter 8. So um, this is our beautiful girl, Elisha, and this is my beautiful wife. These are my beautiful girls. And um, I asked Taryn to just give you, some of you have been here, again, a long time. Some of you um, rather new. And I uh, just wanted to, to give her an opportunity just to give you a glimpse, a picture of what it was like you know, last, I guess, 2012 when we moved from, from Georgia um, to this city that where we knew no one, but we knew God was calling us to. Just give, she gives a better picture than I do, probably. Oh, whoa. Um, yeah, so I wasn't as on board with this idea 
the very first time Kyle told me that God plan called him to plant a church, I was like, nope, I'm good. Was it about a year? <laughs> it was into about marriage? a year after we got married. Yeah. So um, it's been a while now, but I, I I was like, no, I'm good with that. She started crying, and in a bad way. And well, and a lot of you know <laughs> that I'm a crier anyway, so that could sometimes be a good thing or a bad thing. But at this point, I, it was a fear thing. I was like, no, I'm good with that. And um, and so the next four or five years, the Lord just, without me knowing it, started working on my heart. And um, he came to me again and said, I think it's time. And um, I just felt such a peace about it. I couldn't explain. I still didn't want to move away. And we had... At the time, we had, uh, I think I was pregnant with Beckett, which is our oldest. So we've changed in a lot that way. We've added um, two kids to the mix. Um, and so I just I just want to encourage you that it, whatever the Lord's calling you to, it might take four or five years yeah. for you to step out. And you look up here and you think like, oh, th- they're so awesome. They, they moved away and they did this. But no. <laughs> I said no to this. I, I did. And looking across the room and seeing all of these people, mm. not because of me, but because of my obedience to Jesus and the call on our life that we could not run away from, um, has changed lives. And like seeing that in the ha- by the handfuls is just so encouraging mm. to get up and come. Um, there's some mornings that I don't want to get up and come because I haven't slept at all the night before or, you know, name a number of things that just happen in life. But the Lord has just taught me from day one, just one step at a time. He says that um, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light into your path. And I want that to be like a big, huge spotlight that shoots five years down the road, but it's Hmm. just it's on my feet. It's yeah. one step at a time. And so for the Lord to just ch- completely transform my my will, um, and now I'm ex- so excited to just be here and see people and, and know that what we're doing is not in vain and not just because um, it's something to do, but it's just a life that we've, d- that we've just committed to. And so um, I just want you to know that we love you. And um, I know you asked me a whole different question that's, that's in the perfect. very beginning. <laughs> in the very perfect. beginning, it was hard. I cried every single day for like the first four months. It was very, just very scary moving into a city that you don't know, and you're supposed to meet all these people and invite them to something that you don't know how it's going to be. It's just, it's scary. Yeah. And so that's kind of how the beginning was. But it's been an awesome ride, and. Um, I can't tell you what's going to be in a year, but I know that my next step is going to be a yes mm-hmm. to Jesus because yeah. obedience is always yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> I don't know because awesome. when I veer off the path, it's just not a good idea. Awesome. Right. Love, you. <laughs> yeah, love you. too. She's the best. Give it up for the Lord today. Let's give, give the Lord praise. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to just take a, a few minutes today, and I'll, I'll try to be brief. Um, I just want to share my heart. If you read through a lot of the New Testament, the majority of the New Testament is letters from Paul, church planner Paul, writing to churches and sharing his heart. And I just want to do that today. Today is not only just our anniversary, but a day we celebrate that. And we've got lunch afterwards, so please make plans to stay. We've got lots of good food. Um, but and not, not only a day to break the fast, but it, it's a day 
for me to just share vision, share my heart, my, my heart for us as a community, as a body, but also for you individually, and just share my heart. If I was sitting across the table from you, and, and you asked me, hey, you know, what do you, what do you see this year? These are the four things that I feel like I'm doing in forest. Isn't that nice? I'll do, these are my four prayers. So I just want to share that with you. These are my four prayers for Fathom in 2017. Um, my first prayer is that, and you have a bag. You have got, everybody got a bag? If you don't have a bag, raise your hand, and we're going to have somebody run you a bag. Can uh, ushers or connect team, somebody help me out with bags. If you don't have a bag, get you a bag. I don't have a bag. I would like a bag. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so these, these are going to kind of uh, help illustrate some things that are on my heart today. You can open that and begin to wonder what is he, what the heck is this about? Um, <clears throat> thank you. My first, um, let's let all the rapper sounds happen now. If I didn't say there was, um, uh, you know, there were bags on the podcast, people would be like, what is that noise happening in the background? It's plastic bags, people. It's plastic bags. Okay. So everybody's got one. You can kind of take this stuff out if you want. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, here's my four prayers for you. All right. Let the rapper sound cease. Just open it all up. It's all good. My first prayer for you today is that you would become an owner. Is that you would become an owner. You'll see that key in there. And I want you to think about for just a second. When you got your first car, maybe it was one mom and dad helped you out with, or maybe it was one you bought first for yourself, whichever time meant the most to you, and they gave you a key, they handed that to you, or maybe you bought a house, maybe a long time ago, maybe just this past year, you bought a house. When that happened, there's a feeling, there's a rush of emotions that happen when you become an owner of something. Become an owner of a vehicle, you become an owner of a house. And there's a big difference of being a renter and being an owner, right? There's a lot of differences. When I'm renting, I'm not as worried about the mess, because I'll leave it. I'm not going to make investments in the lighting in the dining room, because I'll just have to take it down. When When you're a renter, you get to call somebody else to fix everything. When you're an owner, when you're an owner, there's a few things that take place. And look at what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 14. He said to to Peter after he said, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Pick up at verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I just want you for just a second, as we contemplate kind of the differences between ownership and rentership, I think in America, we really rent churches. We rent churches. We do. Not for events. I'm talking about we go in and we get what we can get out of it and we, we're, we're attenders and, and we never become into the body and what it does designs to be. If we look into the New Testament and that early church and what they were experiencing, they were, they, were, they were owners. So just for a second, I just want you to imagine that you were sitting across from Jesus Christ, like in a moment like this with Peter. And Jesus 
stretches his hand out and said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And what that would do for you, you'd feel a weight of the world that you kind of feel right now, (laughs) where you're like, say, what? I've just been driving with mom in the car. When I first got my license, that mo- I went before school, and I pulled out and almost got in an accident out of the DMV. Like, it was bad. Almost got in an accident. And then two weeks later, I got in an accident. I did get my first accident. And um, at that time, I began to understand a few things about responsibility. Or a few things about being an owner is, one, responsibility comes with it. And so when the keys get passed to you and you, you receive those keys, that the keys of the kingdom of heaven, there is responsibility that comes with that. And that, that weight, when I said that, that you felt that, that's, that's a weightiness that I want you to begin to feel within the body of Christ. That weightiness of our responsibility to, to not, to begin to worry about the details. To begin to make investments. I think there's a few things that come with being an owner. One is responsibility. The second is freedom. I think you begin to understand freedom when you get the keys to that car. You're like, I can do what I want. You just feel like you have all the freedom in the world. And then secondly, I believe there's a vision that comes. There's creativity that's birthed out when you take ownership. When, I walk, when, I bought, when we bought our house uh, back in 2013, I went in, and I didn't love the house the way it was. I liked the house the way it was, but I had a vision for everything. I said, okay, I like this kitchen, but I want to do this to the countertops. I, I like this room, but, but the TV's got to go here. That's the only place I really feel like it, it fits. I love this room, but I hate this yellow. Like it, it, or something, you know, I'm just making up something. We've got to change the colors, and we begin to have vision vision for what's ahead. So I want you to become an owner. Experience and feel the weight of responsibility. Enjoy the freedom that comes with it and, and begin to vision with us for what looks ahead. So that's becoming an owner. You'll, you'll see a candy bracelet in there and you're like, sweet. You see that? Yeah, you can go ahead and open that one. I haven't taste tested it. Anybody taste tested it? it I'm, is it good? <laughs> Tastes like sugar, basically, right? This is a good way to break a fast right here, candy bracelets. These are children's candy bracelets. They won't fit on most of our, our wrist, but um, there's a few things. My, my second prayer for you is not that you would become, not just to become an owner, but that you would become committed to growth. You would become committed to growth. You say, what's that got to do with candy, man? Well, there, there's a few things. There's a few things. Um... And I'll get into those. I think as we look into the early church, what we see in Acts, especially Acts 42, if you've ever read that, it just paints this beautiful like utopia of a people who shared everything and had everything in common and were devoted to one another and to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer, and to the breaking of bread. We see that, Acts 2.42. We see... But sometimes we kind of get this picture perfect of what it is and not the reality of what it was. And so flip over to Corinthians a little bit and, and realize they were struggling too. Like they, they had, there was the, the real, the struggle was real, you know, in the persecution, in the debauchery that was happening in their, in their culture uh, and even within the church. So Paul writes these letters to correct those things. But I think we've lost a sense of devotion 
when it comes to our personal growth. Some, many times I find myself sitting across from someone who's struggling through a very difficult season. And, and I really point them back to simple truths uh, about God, what God's word says and, and putting him first in all things. And I, I usually try to disciple and I try to bring people along whatever that might look like in, in each person's life. But what's really annoying to me is when I realize that I want this more than they want this. That's really, and I just feel like getting up and walking out of the room sometimes. Because I'm like, you don't care. I'm trying harder on this than you are. And what I want us to do today is make a commitment in our heart that in 2017, I'm going to be committed to growth. And I'm not just talking about in the corporate sense, in the personal sense. And, And I think Jesus is always wanting to teach lessons, but it's our openness. It's our openness, and it's our commitment. It's our devotion, as we were just singing, that really begins to to see the fruit come to pass. Most of the time, we can't see past the pruning season. There's been pruning seasons for our church. And you know what got me to see past the pruning season? is I would look across a table or I would spend some time just in like thinking and praying and I was having trouble seeing past the big corporate picture of the pruning season but then I'd look across and I'd see a Shabreen or I'd see a Casey or I'd see a Kim I'm like God's working in their life man they they they're, di- they're they're different God's doing God's doing something and you know what it did for me? it just brought me so much more confidence because I'm always seeing God at work and so I want you to be committed to growth. I think that means a few things for us this year. One is that we're going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to be willing to, to work. What that looks like in some of our lives will look like a lot of different things as the year goes on. It may mean that our one 1030 service time won't be enough. We'll have two services in the fall or something. I don't know. We'll have to be flexible in that. We've been serving in this area, but there's a need somewhere else. So I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to be flexible about that. I, I think it's also enjoying the process. That's kind of the eating the sugar part. Enjoy the process. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Like, God's doing something. Just enjoy the season we're in. Enjoy the season you're in, even when it's difficult. And then practice commitment. James kind of puts it in perspective for us in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He really gives us a picture of what a mature believer should say. Consider it joy, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I want you to be committed to growth. I want you to practice flexibility and practice commitment and really be devoted to, to the Lord on a daily basis. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, some of us were more committed to Netflix than we are to Jesus. If we're really honest, we're more committed to our job than we are to Jesus. This one can be offensive. Sometimes we're more committed to our children than we are to Jesus. And like, we're supposed to be committed to your children, like, but you're supposed to raise your kids, you know, that's part of it. But my outflow to be a good parent comes from my commitment to Jesus. It takes priority. 
Now what that looks like is a whole different conversation. Practice commitment. Practice and enjoy being a part of the process of growth. In your own walk, enjoy it. I tell people all the time, what have you learned most on this journey? And what, what's, been, what's been your favorite part? My favorite part is what God's done in my life. No offense. My favorite part is how God has transformed me in this process. You can't take that away from me. Every one of you could move out of town. This building can burn down, but that will not leave me. It's been the best part. So enjoy the process and be committed to growth. We do this in a lot of ways here at Fathom. This is a part of it in the time we get to teach and share and worship together, fellowship together. We, we hold the gospel and we hold the truth of the scripture with a closed hand, but the model for discipleship, we hold with an open hand and we go with the Spirit's leading it and what he's doing in the life of our church. And we, we, we started something three years or four years ago called Anchor Groups, and, and it's one of the primary vessels for discipleship in our church of, to make disciples, that we all become more like Jesus. We started something called Anchor Groups. It's looked like a lot of things. Some of you have led them. Many of you have been a part of Anchor Groups along the years, but we're making a little bit of a a different kind of turn this year. As I was beginning to pray about this in the fall of last year, just seeking God's face for what he wanted to do in 2017, I felt like God was calling us to go deeper and to go wider within our groups and within our discipleship, to go deeper, to go wider. And I want you to really hear my heart and really hear what I'm trying to communicate here. With wider, I felt like God was saying, I want you to open up the opportunities for more people. So we're going to do some things called growth workshops that, that connect with our series. Like So next month, we're doing a series called Life on Purpose. And if you're anything like me in your schedule, I can't commit to another night of the week. I just can't. Uh, I've got meetings. I've got three kids. I've got a side business that I run, and, and I give my whole life to this. But if I'm just honest, like another night of the week to do something else, is anybody else like that? It's just it's hard to find another week. Couldn't do it all year long, but I will make a commitment, and I want you to make a commitment that, hey, over the next eight, ten weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this as many times as I'm able to, to be a part of these six opportunities over two months. So it's like nine or ten weeks. First one is life on purpose, and we're going to be talking about intentionally being a part of the mission. We're going to be giving you some tools in a very practical, purposeful environment where we talk through that. It's on a Wednesday night. You've got a, a, a note in there um, that kind of tells you the dates for it. There's child care provided at all of them. Would love for you to be a part of that first one. The second growth workshop is happening in the month of March, and it's around our ABCs of Financial Freedom series. I know everybody will get excited about this one because everybody's like, I need some help, <laughs> you know, in finances. Everybody, want, we love that idea of financial freedom. So we're going to be leaning in. We'll have tables in here and really be helping you work through what does that look like? And so I'll be preaching on it for four weeks out of the month of, of March. So make a commitment. I know if you're like me, can't commit to the whole year, but I'm going to lean into the, these two workshops and really try to make it a priority. And, and that, that was the wider. We're also going to be doing some Facebook Live things and some different video opportunities that we can share online and have opportunities for growth. And then the second is not just wider, but deeper. And for that, we're moving away from a mid-sized anchor group, which is like 6 to 12, and we're shrinking those down. And before they were open groups, you could come when you want to and not come when you want to. We're shrinking them down and, and, down and making them closed groups. That it's, it's three to four people that do life together this year. And we really put, uh, um, uh, we want to put you in, in a place to succeed when it comes to studying and growing in your walk with Christ. So it's going to be fellowship and it's going to be leaning in to learn to study the Bible. 
for yourself. Not just, it's not going to be sitting down in a class, it's going to be sitting in a circle and talking about what God's teaching you and how you're responding to that. So we'd love for you to do that. You can go to fathomchurchjacks.com slash anchor groups anytime in the next probably four or five days would be best, uh, or the, the sooner the better as we're kind of assembling um, the leaders and everybody for the groups on that. So that'll start not this coming week, the following week. So be a part of growth groups. So that's, again, becoming committed to growth. You've still got lots of things in your bag. You're like, what's this one for? The one that's probably the most random, too, you're like, what's the light bulb about, bro? You're welcome. We're trying to make you more energy efficient. These are LED light bulbs. LED light bulbs ain't cheap. So you are welcome. Third thing I I, I want to talk about that's part of my prayer for you is that you'd become a servant. You'd become a servant. Many times when we think about church, we think about volunteering, and there is a difference in being a volunteer and being a servant. There's a, there's a huge difference. Being a volunteer starts and stops when you begin and when you end. Being a servant goes into every facet of your life, changes the way you relate to your spouse. It changes how you approach your work in your career. It changes how you treat the person who is serving you at a restaurant. My heart for you is that you'd become a, a servant. You say, again, what's the light bulb about, man? Here's the thing about LED light bulbs. It costs you a little more up front, but in the long run, it's way better for you. It costs you a little more up front, but in the long run, it's really, it, it, it could save you. And so I hear that so many times from people when it comes to serving as a part of the body. Just don't, just don't have time, or, and, there's never, and there's never time, and there's never a, a figuring out what place that is. But here's what I've found from people who have said, hey man, I'm just too busy, can't do it anymore, and step away. Slowly but surely, it seems that their spiritual life and their spiritual walk just dries up. Just begins to dry up. I, I consider it like an old well, an old pump well, the more you prime it, the more water comes. It's going to cost you a little bit up front, but in the long run, you're going to get way more out of it. And so I want to challenge you to not just be a volunteer, but to be, be a servant. A biblical servant is this. We find um, through, in the scripture here in Philippians chapter 2. Let's read a little of that. We'll talk about what a biblical servant is. It says this. Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus became that servant. I pray that that would inspire us to live a life. The scriptures are chocked full with what it means to, to be a servant. We'll talk more of that in the future. But my prayer for you is that we would make a switch from, hey, I'm just here to volunteer my time for this hour. I'm just here to, to help out a little bit to understanding that our, our call as believers is to be servants, not just in this place, but everywhere we go. And it begins, and then what started as just a volunteer opportunity now is transforming my marriage. 
now it, it, it's changing the way my boss looks at me because I'm doing it without complaining. It's changing the way I relate to people because I'm considering others better than myself. So become a servant. A few things a biblical servant is. One, they're under submission to God, to spiritual authority, to one another. They're outwardly focused. We're constantly looking outward. Who can I serve? What can I do? And then they're Christ-like. We take on that mindset of Christ. Okay, the last one. The last one. You got one more thing in here. You got this nice little card, and we'll talk about this here in a second. Make today ridiculously amazing, right? Some of you would never say that, but uh, it's just a cute little card. Um, my, my prayer, my fourth prayer for you today is become an owner, become committed to growth, become a servant, and then lastly, that you'd become an inviter, an inviter. And before you think I'm trying to push church growth, okay, which I am, <laughs> I want you to read what Jesus said. Jesus was giving a parable here in Luke chapter 14. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will f- eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field. I gotta go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, ah, I, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to go try those oxen out. Another said, I'm giving you Kyle terms, Kyle version here. Another said, I've just bought, uh, I said that one. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. He ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads, to the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you that not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. There's a lot to dissect there theologically, okay? And I'm just not going to go into the depths of what all that means. But here's what I, I, I want us to get into, having the passion that God has for his house that you have for his house. As part of becoming an owner, giving you the keys, is you get to invite people. You get to watch God in the way that I can look across this, this, people, this room and see how God has transformed your life. God's done it. God's, God's using the work here. And here's what I want you to do as the band comes and kind of begins to, to pre- prepare to lead us. You'll see in that card, there's a little invite card and We've, we've hooked you up. I think there's a stamp on it. Is there a stamp on the... Yeah, there's a stamp on there, so we're taking care of you. Um, I want you to think of a person. Just right now. Just right now while, while you're sitting here. Just think of somebody. Maybe you don't know their name. It's just that server at that restaurant that you can't get enough of. But you've just kind of built a relationship. They know what you like and all that. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. I just want you to write their name. I just want you to write their name in the next few moments, just on there when it comes to you. I just want you to write a heartfelt note at some point, next couple days. You wait longer, it's just going to get shoved somewhere. So I encourage you to put it out tomorrow. And it's just a simple note, simple thought said, you know, thinking of you. 
God's doing a lot in my life. Would love for you to come sit with me. Just something like that in your own words. Just a heartfelt message. We're challenging you to be an inviter because it made the master angry. Made the master angry that his house wasn't full. And for, for most of us, we, we just don't care. And, and I think Jesus' challenge to you more than my challenge is, is to care. And see, God, if you're telling me to go out, if you're telling me to, to compel someone, then I'll do it. And so I'm challenging you to be an inviter today. Write their name down. Let's begin to think. Like these are just little tokens, little memento reminders of what I feel like God's calling us to begin to embody at a much deeper level. It's become owners. It's become committed to our own growth. I don't want to be working harder than you're working on your growth. I'm working hard on my growth, and let's do this together. I hope you understand my heart and what I'm saying. Because I think that could be offensive, but that's not my, my intention. My intention is just to say, be committed to your own walk with the Lord. Be devoted to one another. Become a servant. Just push the volunteer stuff away and just like, God, wherever you can use me. And then to be an inviter. Let God open those doors and when they're open, walk through them. Whoever he lays on your heart, reach out to him. Just begin to think, what, what would happen, what would just happen in this place if we really begin to embody these things at a much deeper level, a much broader level than what maybe we're doing right now? I'm just reminded of the prophet Isaiah when he was being called to an incredible work, albeit a very difficult work that God was calling him to be and what he was calling him to. Isaiah just reached out. I believe he probably reached out his hands. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? His message is very simple. Here I am. You can send me, God. I want to ask you to stand this morning. I'm going to close. These guys are going to lead us. We're going to come to the table. I just want you to just close your eyes all across the room. Just lean in. Just listen to what God's saying to you this morning. I challenge you to just take a posture this morning. I'm just going to take, take this posture right here. Hands lifted, you know, palms up in, in a place of receiving what God has for me in a place of submission is where I'm fashioning my body right now because I want God to know I'm not a lot I'm not a lot of, I'm not a lot God and I'm I don't have a lot to bring got my insecurities and my fears and a past that feel like haunts me but God hear my hear my send me I welcome you to send me and to use me with the person next that is standing in front of me, with the person on the other side of the street, God, here I am. Send us, God. Here we are.